0: This is Golem Radio. I'm Alicia Fine. This episode is titled, A Walk Through the Cemetery. Recently, my cousin Isaac died and I volunteered to be a showmer. literally a guard. I called up Isaac's rabbi who sent me directions to the funeral home in over so 24 hours, from 3 p.m. Sunday to 3 p.m. Monday. I sat with Isaac so that he wouldn't be alone in the religiously liminal period between his death and his funeral. I sat in a wooden chair in a room the size of a broom closet, lit by a harsh fluorescent light where I recited a few psalms, did my homework, and listened to too many podcasts until I fell asleep, all while I could see Isaac's body covered by a shroud through a window on the far side of the room. By hour nine, I would have little conversations with my cousin. How are you doing, Isaac? You're looking well considering your situation. Little statements like that to keep the awkwardness of the situation. Bay. It was the strangest sort of intimacy. And I would like to say that I thought a great deal about death, and mortality, and my place in the universe. But I didn't. I was distracted by the clearly visible body in the other room. I sought to distract myself from that once overwhelming, yet faint presence of my elderly cousin. The next day, my dad picked me up from the morgue. The next show, I took my place, and that Tuesday, I with six other men, placed his coffin in a hole recently dug by a bulldozer. The whole funeral procession, a small crowd, took turns using two shovels to cover his coffin with dirt. I had a thought on the drive home. Each tombstone in a cemetery, it occurred to me, contains little stories, because each Jewish burial is a collective effort of the deceased family, friends, community rabbi, the funerary workers, and the funerary industry as a whole that supports the entire enterprise. In other words, each tombstone is an entire life condensed into granite. A tombstone is a stand-in for a member of the Jewish people who has died, and a cemetery is a symbolic stand-in for the Jewish people as a whole. Thus, with this experience began my fascination with cemeteries, a fascination I would like to share with you, dear listener. I'd like to tell you about three cemeteries that I visited after my cousin's funeral. The Beth El Cemetery, a garden cemetery for the German reformed Jews of New York, the Mount Carmel Cemetery, a city of the dead where there can be found a shrine to Shalom Aleichem, and the Mount Hebron Cemetery, the resting place of the Yiddish Actors Guild. I want, through this exploration of the visual space that makes up the Jewish cemetery, to share with you a piece of the Jewish experience that is very seldom discussed, at least in podcast form. The Beth El Cemetery is a fantastic, if somber, example of a 19th century garden cemetery. It was the place of burial for New York's posh, reformed German Jewish community and the cemetery for Temple Emmanuel. As you enter through a stern brick gatehouse, fortress-like, the first imposing tomb that you see is that of the large neoclassical Rothschild family crypt. It is flanked by two three foot tall bronze funerary urns, a Greek temple for the wealthiest Jewish family in New York. Neoclassical and Art Nouveau mausoleums sit side by side on cobbled boulevards, forming an elegant city for the enjoyment of the dead and the living alike. It resembles the Appian Way in Rome. Only the lack of images of human beings hints that this cemetery served as the burial place for the reformed jewish denomination in the 19th century reformed judaism took to heart a literal interpretation of the second commandment were it not for the lack of human imagery the bethel cemetery would look like most garden cemeteries of its age located on the border between brooklyn and queens and the far outer boroughs where the subway doesn't reach 85,000 dead Jews are buried in the Mount Carmel Cemetery. 215,000 are buried in Mount Hebron. Nowhere outside of Israel in New York will you find that many Jews in one place. These cemeteries are monuments to Jewish presence in New York, larger than any park taking up acres and acres of land, the most expensive commodity in New York City. Here are buried a large portion of the millions of Jews who immigrated from the Russian Pale of Settlement The Ottoman Empire and the Austro-Hungarian Empire to build better lives in America. Gates, ten feet tall, as far as the eye can see, lined up in a procession one after the other, each represents a community of men and women who lived together and were buried together in communal plots. Each gate opens up to a community plot purchased by a burial society, landsmanshafts, synagogues, masonic lodges, and branches of the workmen's circle. The names carved into the gates that make up the Mount Carmel and Mount Hebron Cemetery hint at the geographic and cultural richness of those dead Jews of a century past. Brotherhood of Janina, Sobutka of Harlem, Austro-Hungarian Hebrew Free Burial Association, Brotherhood of Andronople Sephardic Jewish Brotherhood, Chernowitz Broken Hour Ladies Society, Incorporated, Spinoza Lounge No. 633 Heine Heine Literary Society, Workman's Circle, Yiddish Theatrical Alliance. The stones themselves are an average about three to five feet tall, made from gray or black granite. They are festooned with imagery, just not human imagery. Five branched candelabras for women, Jewish stars for men, broken trunk trees for the young whose lives are cut short. Hands spread in blessing for dead koanim, descendants of priests in the temple, that is, and water basins for dead leviim, their priestly assistants. Lions, laurels, and decorative arabesques cover the tombstones. Sometimes, the stones are topped with black and white photographs of the dead so that mourners will always remember the faces of their loved ones. The section of the Mount Hebron Cemetery reserved for Dead Children is full of photographs of stoic-faced girls and boys who never reach bar mitzvah age, and that's what had been buried with adults. It's an unnerving sight, a sight that brought to my mind the longing and anguish of parents now long dead. You can always spot a contemporary Russian tombstone. These black monoliths jut up from the ground, scattered among the gray, very typical Ashkenazi tombstones. The stern Russian expressions of the deceased faces are lasered onto the black stone. The text of these stones is in Cyrillic Russian script with the occasional scattering of Hebrew. They are distinctive, to say the least. Part of what attracts me most to cemeteries are the shrines to great men. In this case, it is men. In particular, the secular shrines dedicated to the Yiddishists of New York. The Yiddishists were advocates of Yiddish culture and were part of a kind of alternate Jewish nationalism parallel to Zionism. New York's Lower East Side was the center of Yiddishism and Mount Carmel Cemetery was where the Yiddishists chose to be buried. Their graves, including Abe Kahan, the founding editor of the newspaper The Fovitz, Mayor London, the first Jewish congressman, and a number of other important Jewish men and women of the movement radiate from the tomb of one of the heroes of the Yiddish language, Solomon Numovovich Rabinovich, known by his pen name, Shalom Aleichem. His tomb is an imposing Art Deco monument, and has two epitaphs, Yiddish on the front and Hebrew on the back, an inversion of the norms of Jewish burial practice and an assertion of Yiddish as the language of the Jewish nation. The graves of these literary and political figures of the Yiddish nationalist movement are visually striking in a way that makes clear their desire to be remembered. Arches capped with sunbursts, full stone bust of the deceased, copper green portraits along with motifs only found in the workman's circle plot, the symbol of the Star of David, a symbol that is very common among the graves of the Mount Carmel Cemetery, is replaced by the badge of the Workman's Circle, a lined globe branded with the letters WC. The plot held by the Yiddish Theatrical Alliance in the Mount Hebron Cemetery is marked by a 15-foot-tall arch on the top of which their symbol, two theatrical masks flanking a harp, sits at the top. The graves are there adorned with musical and theatrical motifs, They have a grandeur and a theatricality that I think properly reflects the collective burial place of New York Yiddish actors. New York Jewish life is the story of a successful immigrant community making the city their own. Part of the way they went about claiming ownership of their surroundings was by dying and leaving behind granite monuments to their presence on the earth. For the wealthy German Jews that make up Bethel Cemetery, they had the privilege of being buried in large mausoleums within a garden. Their place of death reflected their living situation in life. Here's a metaphor that rings too true to me. If the Bethel Cemetery is equivalent to the east side of Manhattan, luxurious and staid, and the Mount Carmel Cemetery and Mount Hebron Cemetery is equivalent to the Lower East Side in Brooklyn, crowded, bustling, and culturally rich, truth be told, I prefer the latter to the former, Unlike my cousin Isaac, who chose to be buried in a cemetery, my maternal grandparents intend to be cremated when they die. Whether that means they will reserve a small spot within the cemetery to house their urns, or that their ashes will be scattered into the Pacific Ocean, it does mean that their physical presence after they die will be much reduced. There will be no permanent public monument to commemorate them and the lives they lived. Their choice represents a break in the tradition of Jewish burial that and that makes me sad. I would like to have a place to visit them when they die. If you've enjoyed this walk through the cemetery, I plan to release more episodes of Golem Radio, where I will explore other weird and interesting corners of Jewish history and culture. I hope you'll join me then.